Welcome to Dungeons & Dinners, where the love of fantasy is food for thought. I'm your host, Brett Lindley, and today I'm talking about taking some of the prep work out of your life by making the most of prepackaged adventures, meals, and ingredients. Welcome! Take a seat anywhere. Be right with you. This adventure is made for a party of four first-level characters. Or, just add milk! How about, a pay-what-you-want solo adventure? Or heat, simmer, and serve. Find love in this duet adventure. Or cooks in minutes. Or plays in two hours. These are all kinds of common catchphrases that you'll see amongst the various sorts of prepackaged and pre-planned adventures and meals, or possibly some estranged mix of both. But today, what I really want to talk about is that a lot of what I've been focusing on in the show over the last number of episodes have largely been related to building your own adventures or campaigns or running your own stories, as well as cooking from scratch. And although I consider myself uh, a cook, you know, and I, I enjoy cooking, and I also consider myself largely to be a homebrew DM, this doesn't mean that I only cook every single meal that I make or that I only run uh, my own homebrewed content or custom campaigns. In fact, uh, there's plenty of times where something prepackaged has really big advantages in a number of different ways, both in uh, my cooking and in my gaming life. In my cooking life, cooking is timely. It takes time. There's a lot of effort that is involved, even sometimes to make pretty basic meals. And it really depends on just how fresh you want all of your ingredients and how much time you're willing to invest on the meal that you're trying to make. Like, I do not make bread. I've kind of mentioned before, I'm not too terribly much of a baker, but especially for just a sandwich, I think I'd much rather take the time of, you know, just grabbing a pre-sliced, pre-baked loaf of bread and making a sandwich with it than trying to bake a loaf of bread and let it, you know, rise and and do all of the, the kneading and all of the work that, and the effort that goes into it and then baking it. And that's hours and hours of work just to have two pieces of bread to make a sandwich with. And, and other times, I, there's a lot of reasons why I just don't really feel like putting that much effort into cooking. It could be a long day. I may not have had very great sleep the night before. Or maybe I just want to have that extra time in the rest of my evening to do something else with, like maybe play an adventure. But... Whatever the case, there's a number of reasons why you might choose a pre-cooked meal, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've seen uh, so many places where people want to stand on some sort of like moral sandbox and proclaim that they never eat anything pre-cooked and they don't go out to eat and this, that, and the other. And I say, really, do what you want with your life as long as you aren't hurting anybody else. And that as long as, you know, you keep things in moderation, there's nothing wrong with going out and eating every now and again or having a prepackaged meal. There's nothing wrong with treating yourself right by taking a little bit of a break. And there's plenty of ways to do that. So a couple of the other things that I really want to key in on on food that I just do not make, like if you, if you want to say that everything in your meal is made from scratch, that includes things like noodles which, holy crap, take... There's only a few ingredients, but to get good, consistent noodles is not just a time thing, but also a skill thing. It's something that, in my experience, noodles, you just got to get a knack for them. And 
Uh, it's not something that I really want to mess with every time. Prepackaged noodles are fine. <laughs> and so, like, I, I just feel like sometimes it's a situation where there's you could still have a good home cooked meal even if you are using quote unquote pre-made ingredients and the the more you want to say that it's from scratch the more that you can divide things down further and further and if you have a farm with all of the necessary animals and grains and everything that you would ever need to truly make everything from scratch that's amazing that's awesome i'm also not knocking people that want every meal to be homemade and fresh and use only the highest quality ingredients that's awesome i don't have the time or the resources to do that all the time uh or even to that extent where i'm I'm not growing my own wheat we do not have uh any acres of land (laughs) but it's uh, There's nothing wrong with that, but at the same point in time, I don't think that that's the majority of people. And I feel like the same thing kind of goes true for D&D that a, or any TTRPG, really. Building a custom campaign of high quality is a lot of work. It's a lot of effort to always have ready and planned not just several adventure hooks to keep your party entertained, but also political structures, maps, continents, uh, weather patterns, the types of monsters and biomes that are available. Again, it's one of those things that you can continue to subdivide further and further down. Are you going to make all of your own custom planes? Is this just a custom plane on its own, or is this a whole custom universe where all of the pantheons are different, all of the realms are different, how they interconnect and collide and mesh with each other is different, the systems of magic themselves are completely custom. Are you, you could go further and have your own type, you know, make it an all D6 game. You may not even use a common system and roll your own system underneath it as well. That's awesome and cool if you have the time for that. Again, it's not something that I often do. In fact, a lot of my quote-unquote homebrewed campaigns are really kind of mishmashes of some pre-built content, some pre-built systems, and some of my own custom flair. And sometimes it can be as simple as just tweaking the vulnerabilities and damage types of a certain monster to get them to fit more properly within a biome or to possibly kind of run against the meta of some players that may have a little bit better history and think that the troll is going to just automatically be vulnerable to fire and acid when really it's uh, vulnerable to cold. And so kind of keep the metagaming down in that aspect. And it can be as far as fully custom-built creatures in you know, fully fleshed out continents with tons of cities and having all of that extra work in there done. Likewise, in the same way that you can plan on having a home-cooked meal for dinner and the world can get in the way, whether it be traffic, a bad day at work, or any number of different variables, the same thing can happen in D&D, where you're suddenly put into a position where what you had planned probably just isn't going to work out. Maybe you figured that your players were going to spend nearly the entire session uh, doing a, you know, kind of a shopping trip in town and meeting NPCs and investigating the end of their hook and spending their hard-earned cash, and they suddenly decide that they want to save all of their money for something else later and skip over all of the interesting NPC encounters that you had in mind and want to go find a new adventure. 
You could be on the spot for the things that you had planned or were working on. You just didn't get done with in time. Sometimes you have a really interesting hook that you're working on, but you want it to be properly fleshed out before you present it to the players. So you're stuck in a situation where your planning time has run short and the game session is going to start in any manner of minutes and you don't feel comfortable trying to put out there what you've got when it's not done yet. Or maybe the hooks that you had that you presented to the players just didn't end up being interesting enough to really catch their ire and get them chasing after whatever new type of thing you put in front of them. When these things happen, it can be really stressful to suddenly be on the hook for more improv when you already feel like you had prepared and, and done everything that you needed to do to at least get you a little bit further into the game before you had to start just making everything up. And when those stressful moments hit, it's always a good idea to have, you know, a pre-boxed meal in your cabinet, a pre-boxed adventure in your back pocket, a few of your favorite, you know, one-shots or adventures that you can run and have something for the players to do, especially if they're things that can be dropped in almost anywhere. One of my favorites that can be dropped in just about into any campaign as long as you're either close to a city or town or, you know, within as long as you're probably on like the prime plane, although I'm sure you could actually change up the locations depending on how familiar you are with the adventure. You can change and tweak the pre-made adventure to fit literally anywhere if you're brave enough. Uh, but if you want to run it kind of as is, or you're less familiar with the adventure, then just keeping it close to that adventure starting biome is a is a good way. That's why I kind of say to have multiple of them. But back to my favorite, my absolute all-time favorite is a wild sheep chase. It's, I believe, like a technically it's a third level adventure, um, but it's one of those things where it's goofy, it's fun. Oh, sorry, it's a fourth to fifth level adventure. And pull it up there real quick. It's goofy, it's funny, and it can be thrown in basically anywhere that you're within a good distance of an inn or a town or a tavern. Uh, you know, anywhere that you can have a sheep kind of appear out of nowhere. And maybe even it'd be more fun to run at a place where a sheep shouldn't be there. That may be good as too as well. But Again, the wild sheep chase is basically just the whole adventure starts with a sheep runs up to the party, it has a scroll in its mouth, and it's acting all sorts of weird. And then, soon after, the party is chased by orcs, and that kicks off the adventure. So, it's, as you can see, it can be placed wherever the party is, whatever they're doing, if you get the feeling like they're trying to, you know, they've, they've dodged all of your hooks... They're not interested in what you've provided them and you've got nothing. Well, you can have a sheep run up to them and confuse your party. And while they're confused, you pull out those few pages that run this adventure guide to give you everything you need to get them going in a direction. Because you have put them face to face with combat. You've put them face to face with an adventure. And it's intriguing enough that there's not been a time that I've tried to run it that the players have ever just ignored it. Now, that's not always going to be the case. That's why you may want to have a few of these in hand. But having at least this one, if your players haven't played it, it's a great time. It's also a great one-shot as well. Uh, you don't have to run it as in the middle of a campaign. And I think that's something to keep in mind with a lot of the adventure guides is that 
they're generally something that's already going to have been balanced by being run multiple times. Now, again, you want to check the the quality of the venture and, you know, something that you're going to be paying for is probably a little bit more well-tested and better put together than something for free, but a lot of great free adventure guides are out there as well. So take a look at them and definitely familiarize yourself with them first before trying to run players through them, at least if nothing else, to get an idea of how the session is supposed to flow and what things you may want to keep players from doing or push them towards, depending on where the adventure needs to go. Um, but it's just something that it's, in my opinion, if you're a home brewer, it's always good to have in your back pocket. And if you only run a, want to run other people's content, then you're in luck because there's just a deluge of amazing pre-built content that's out there for you and in the same token there's quite a few great things that you can do with pre-made meals so you've got a selection from everything from your fastest microwave dinners to you know meals that actually kind of teach you how to cook there's a lot of those services out there now that send you ingredients and recipes in a box with probably way too much packaging but again i'm not going to judge that give you everything you need to home cook a meal from scratch, which I think is a really cool idea and I think is a great way to get started understanding the certain concepts in cooking by being having kind of pre-measured ingredients already prepared for you, but that you assemble yourself because it makes sure that you have everything that you need and it's all going to be kind of set up in the right way, but it also gives you enough space to learn how to do the kind of the other finer bits, the cutting, the chopping, the mixing, doing it all yourself. And in between those, you've got kind of box dinners, things where you only add a few ingredients, oftentimes providing your own protein uh, and liquids such as milk, water, eggs, and oil, but then all of the seasoning packets or noodles uh, or other types of ingredients are already kind of in the box ready for you. And the great thing about these is that in general, they're consistent the not just in their flavor but also technically in their consistency and texture as long as you add the ingredients and cook it close to the right way that the instructions state it's going to come out the same way every time so you don't have to worry about managing expectations both of yourself or of your abilities i myself struggle with getting a roux done for a soup right the right way before like just doing it in the beginning so Whatever fats are left over or that you use, whatever butters and flours you brown and add and then add to the soup in the beginning is almost never right when I do it. I always find myself either uh, mixing up a slurry of cornstarch or, or flour and water or a combination of the two and adding it later in the cooking process um, or having to add more liquid because I've made things too thick and God forbid the number of times that I've made things lumpy. So it's just <laughs> roux is something that I've always kind of struggled with. And, but it's, it's also one of those things that the more you do it, the more you're going to get comfortable with. But anyway, getting a sauce that I know is like a hamburger helper or a pastaroni that's always going to have the exact thickness that I want that meal to be is just kind of comforting to know that I'm not going to have to mess with it. I'm not going to have to add anything else to it. I really don't need to pay super close attention and it's going to come out right. And that's kind of the same way with a lot of pre-built adventures is that they're probably just going to work out as long as you do your best to just kind of keep things about where they're supposed to be 
uh, minimal amounts of effort on your part to, to use description boxes and run combat, it'll probably end up the way you need it to. And there's not a whole lot of opportunity for totally running off the rails. I think there's probably a little bit more in adventures than in cooking because your players aren't going to, you're not just going to randomly turn a pot over and dump everything on the floor just because you wanted to see what was on the backside of it in the middle of your cooking, which is something that very much so can happen to players in an adventure who will turn the entire adventure upside down to see what's hiding behind it. Regardless. <laughs> um, another great thing about these is that in the event that you don't want to have your campaign run this afternoon or this evening or this next session, consider putting your main campaign on pause and just running the one-shot. If you don't feel like integrating the one-shot into your campaign, just put it aside and say, hey, I've got some pre-made characters you guys can pick from. There's four slots. I've made six characters. And it would be really great if we just tried something different today to see what would happen. It's another cool way also of experimenting with and learning uh, new types of material, either higher level campaigns or lower level ones if you generally run high level. Maybe it's more of a guesswork kind of investigative political campaign and you normally run combat heavy scenarios. It gives you an opportunity to experiment and play with these things and see how they're supposed to look and feel and work before you go try to homebrew your own. And even just reading them gives you tons of ideas, at least does for me. And in the same way, there's a lot of opportunities. There's almost a pre-made or kind of helping meal box solution for just about anything you could ever want to cook. Now, they're not always going to, again, they're going to be very simplified versions of these things, both in steps to make them and flavor, but everything from different types of pies and desserts to meals, appetizers, salad kits, it's a great way of having the opportunity to experiment with some flavors without having to have the onus of having all of the ingredients that you may never use again. So I've found there's a, a prepackaged salad that has uh, craisins and pumpkin seeds in it. And while I don't like the poppy seed dressing that it comes with, uh, I found that an olive oil vinaigrette with the, the pumpkin seeds really brought things out. And I just never really thought of putting craisins in the salad before. And it was one of the things that kind of made me start really enjoying having a salad. So getting to experiment with that, now I can take that understanding of flavor and go on my own and make my own salad without using the prepackaged stuff and put in those ingredients plus some other things that I may be interested in or by removing certain flavors that I wasn't as interested in, and voila. And also, there's always the option of knowing that that prepackaged salad's going to work, and so if we just want a quick dinner and want to have a salad with it, having some of that available is just kind of nice. The other thing is which has kind of been hit on, but I think just really needs to be stressed, is having no prep work. The one-shots and the pre-cooked meal options don't have any prep work. There's We don't have a massive kitchen, but we don't have a small one either. But the thing that is awkward about our kitchen is it's it's medium-sized kitchen, but it has a really short amount of countertop space. And I come from, you know, being a chef, your entire workstation is a giant countertop, so I tend to spread out quite a bit 
And finding out that we didn't have very much countertop space meant that prep work is a juggling act and requires a lot of moving around and organization that sometimes I just don't want to mess with or requires me to prep in stages. And not having something that I can cook and eat and know that if I don't want to do anything else, that I can just switch over and make something that has no prep work means very few dishes. Most of your your easy meals or your boxed meals are kind of a single dish or maybe two dishes to them. And that's great. So it may just be that I don't want to do dishes tonight or tomorrow. And so I'm just going to cook something that's only going to use one dish that I can rinse out and be done with and move on. And it also means I'm not going to be dirtying up knives, extra flatware, other utensils, whisks, things like that. It's like wooden spoon, measuring cup, saute pan, done. And that is, it's just a good feeling sometimes. In the same way, you don't have to have tons of maps and pre-drawn stuff. You just have to have the few pages of the one shot and boom, you're ready to run. So one thing that we haven't discussed much of is the blending. So, of course, you know, you're probably not always going to want to make the full campaign or, like we said, noodles from scratch. But one thing that I do quite a bit of is use some of these um, pre-packaged things and then adding my own flair. So in kind of my college days, one of my go-to meals is there's a... Uh, like a Parmesan noodle version of pastaroni, and it's cheap. It's like a dollar a box. Uh, it's a, like maybe a half step above ramen noodles because you add butter to it, um, and the spice packet is not just salt with a little bit of beef flavoring. But one thing that I did do is add a can of tuna to it. And if I was really in a pinch and didn't have olive oil, then tuna in oil... Uh, would substitute for and I wouldn't drain it. I would just add the whole thing. But it basically, you know, with a little bit of extra care and effort, turned into like a tetrazzini. Uh, you could add some carrots or some peas to it as well, can of tuna into the noodles, and all of a sudden, instead of it being a side dish, it's a full entree. It's a full meal. And to this day, occasionally, we will make it and top it with some panko breadcrumbs and toast them to, you know, spruce it up even more. It takes something from being what some people may look down on as like, oh, Lord, they're eating pastoroni. And to me, it turns it into a full Tentrazzini entree served with some garlic bread. Like, you can you can really take and spruce up something that starts out very simple and cheap. And it's just as easy to cook. It doesn't really require that much more effort. And adding a couple of fresh ingredients to something that is prepackaged is a great way of improving it and maybe even not necessarily disguising it, but just giving it a touch of differentiation where it's going to be something a little bit new, a little bit more exciting, because you are going to become accustomed to that consistency of flavor that it can become boring. So this is a great way to kind of spice things up. In the same way, the more comfortable you are with certain types of one-shots, the more you can branch further and further into homebrewing them, where maybe you just really like the one monster that's in a one-shot, but you don't want to use any of the rest of the campaign. That's totally awesome. Take that monster out and put it in your game. There's so many 
really unique monsters and designs and settings that I think it's a good practice for myself to go and check out the one-shots that are available. And I every now and again, I will just go and browse through Reddit or various other areas. There's some really interesting uh, adventure guides all the way from things like uh, one-page dungeons where or one-page adventures or maps where an entire adventure will be conceptualized or sometimes even laid out, including a map, some monster ideas, item locations, and traps all on a single page. I think that's a genius idea and a really cool way of boiling down an adventure to just its most important pieces. And then there's 30, 40, and 100-page adventure and campaign settings that are available. Some varying amounts of uh, currency may be required at some points. But I think that's super cool, too, because that pays artists and people that are making cool, interesting, and unique content. And just because I have a campaign setting guide doesn't mean that I have to run a campaign there. But I may steal that cool lava monster or whatever other piece of awesome war gear might be available. Maybe a couple of spells. They don't have to be player spells. Maybe they, uh, maybe my lich just needs a few of these custom magical abilities to really throw a new spin into battle. Whatever the case may be, just give one-shots a try is what I would say, both in a TTRPG setting, even if it's a a setting like a fantasy setting and you run sci-fi, it's still an interesting, like, I could still find a way to run the Great Cheap Chase in probably any setting. It could be anything from you know, a post-apocalyptic mangled zombie dog that appears unusually friendly uh, to a, you know, like a Tribble or any number of of ways and settings that you can retheme a one-shot to keep the, the general plot operating in some manner or another. And, of course, uh, a wild sheep chase is a lot more of a kind of humorous uh adventure so it may not fit into the darkest areas if you run it kind of as written um but again i think that you can reflavor it the point is is that reading adventures and one shots and one page dungeons is a really great way of getting to experience and see some of the talent that's out there in the amazing community and maybe expose yourself to some new storylines or plot lines or adventure hooks that you may not have thought of otherwise. In the same way, I think it's great to always have a box of your favorite box dinner available or a frozen pizza, and that there is no shame in using these things to the best of your ability to make sure that you can make it through the night without having, you know, without eating nothing. Like, we all get to eat, so having some backups to make sure that if you're not running at 100%, that you can still get something done, and maybe even take it as an opportunity to experiment with flavor. I mean, honestly, I prefer working with pre-packaged, kind of pre-made pizza dough, like in a can, uh, in the like refrigerator biscuit tins. Uh, That stuff just works a lot better than any of the pre-made pizza or homemade pizza doughs that we've tried to do, like yeasted crusts and things like that, it's just kind of a guarantee that it's going to work out. Now, sure, there have been a couple pizza crusts that I've made that I've been pretty proud of, but 
it's not consistent. I haven't found a recipe that I just nail every single time. And so when I'm in that situation and I want a quick pizza, but I don't want to go quite for the frozen section, cut, split the difference, use some pre-made ingredients and some homemade ones. Like I will not do, if I'm going to make a pizza, I'm using my own marinara sauce because that's just the way I prefer it. I, I won't use it out of a can, but that doesn't mean that there's nothing wrong with like getting the pre-made pizza dough and the pre-made canned, you know, marinara sauce. And I'm not, I'm not making my own pepperonis, you know, so I'm going to use those. There's nothing wrong with doing that too. And there's nothing wrong with skipping all of that and just getting the frozen pizza out. Like there's varying degrees and levels of how much pre-made content you decide to use. And I think all of it is absolutely fine. And in fact, recommend it as a way to experiment with doing things differently because in any in any if anything fails you've got that to back to to back you up to go back on right so it's another way of saying that if you have like a pre-made meal in your cabinet well if you want to experiment and try to cook something that you've never cooked before and you want to make it from scratch but you feel like you have an, there's a chance that you could fail or mess up and you're really worried about it well have some ground beef thought out and ready to switch over to making that 20 minute boxed meal just in case you have to right and if that is what you need to get your confidence up and get you to say, well, if all else fails, I have a box meal. I'm not going to go hungry tonight, so this dinner doesn't have to be perfect. Cool. Then maybe that gives you the opportunity to do something new. In the same way, if your pre-made adventure hook that you've spent a ton of time on is something that the players just don't seem to be interested in, well, just have a sheep barge in that's carrying a scroll in their mouth and see if that takes them somewhere new. So that's all for the episode today. Please let me know your thoughts, your comments, or your episode ideas. Uh, and thank you once again to all of the amazing people that have made uh, my Twitter feed just an absolutely wonderful place. For those of you who have actually stuck around for the end outro credits piece, uh, I want to give a huge thank you and shout out to at N underscore quests on Twitter who is somebody that I am currently working on a collaboration with for one of these aforementioned prepackaged dungeon things. So if you want an interesting little adventure for free, uh, follow both Enquests, his user is Maps and Quests, and myself at and Dinners on Twitter, and we'll be dropping some free maps, some free adventure stuff, and a full little adventure guide that's totally not going to cause your characters any scalding burning harm at all, in the coming weeks, and there'll be uh, more details and an announcement as soon as that is all finished up. Finally, all of my other social media links and contact information can be found on the card website that is linked down below in the show notes. If you're looking for more content, you can also check out my other podcast, which is called Pick Up Your Sticks. It's a long-form podcast about why gaming matters, and it's hosted by myself and my dear friend Walker Near. I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with you, and remember that love is the secret ingredient. Have a good day, friend. Thanks for stopping by.